Well, here we are in the desert again. <laughs> Need to remember this time last year? What do you remember about your journey in the wilderness a year ago? What was going on in your life last Lenten season? And as you consider that question, and perhaps images or thoughts or feelings rise up in this return to the desert place, what do you notice? Are you feeling stronger and clearer and freer? Are you feeling disappointed? strayed or a bit more off-center than you wish. And I invite you, instead of looking at whatever it is that comes up with a sense of judgment, instead of asking the question in terms of what progress have I made for this morning, I'm going to invite you to come into a deeper question and ask yourself, what does my soul need now? Just simply, what does my soul need now? This is the invitation of Lent that we would go in the nowhere to run, nowhere to hide place. The place that seems far away from the center of our lives, literally and figuratively, so that we might upside down find our center again. Because so often in the middle of our lives, in the city, so to speak, in the place of busyness and relationship and productivity and doing and doing and accomplishing and moving and going, we do not have time or space or quiet enough to even hear what answer might rise to the surface if we are even inclined to ask ourselves there, what does my soul need now? Mark's gospel opens very quickly with an introduction of John the Baptist making way, preparing the way for one who will come to be greater than even he. He also comes into the wilderness. He baptizes at the River Jordan, a dirty, small, not glorious, wonderful resort town kind of watery place. <laughs> Yet people come. People come from far away. They travel a good distance that they might be washed in the waters, the dirty, waters of the Jordan. He says to them, repent, 
for the forgiveness of sins and be prepared for one who is coming is greater than I. I baptize you in this water. This one will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Be prepared. Let us prepare. Will you pray with me? God, it is entirely desirable and also strangely frightening to ask the question of our souls, what is it that we need now? And we know that you know this. And we know that you are with us and that you hold us and that you invite us and you strengthen us and you bring to us exactly what we need that we might do exactly that. Return to our souls and be present in the place that speaks the truth and that calls you in. And so we pray today that we be open and available here in a desert place for all that you will bring. We make space. We ask that you bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Mark's gospel opens very immediately with this story. And Jesus comes. The other gospels have a lengthy preparation for us, but we get this in Mark's gospel right in chapter 1. Jesus coming, making way for what? During the season of Lent, one of the most interesting things, and I think exciting things, is that we are called into the scripture not so much to learn from Jesus's stories, from his parables, from his teachings, from his instruction, from his calls to believe, to follow, to feed. During the season of Lent, we are actually called into Jesus's story, into the story of Jesus. We are called into looking at Jesus as he came, as he lived, as he died, and as he rose again. We're called to do this not so much, I think, that we might believe in him, though these things may come to pass. We are called to walk with him, to be with him, to experience Jesus along the way so that we might make room for him in our very lives. This is the opening of the gospel, and when we get to the end, which we are headed toward right quick over these next number of weeks, we will hear the words that we are to abide in God and to allow God to abide in us. Lent is a deeply embodied journey. This is not something that is happening up here. 
we pay a whole lot of attention in our Lenten stories to the body of Jesus. What is he doing? What is he experiencing? What is he feeling and what does it cost? We are called to make room in our lived realities for the experience of Jesus. And so the story today is Jesus' story for us. Can we receive it? And what exactly is it? It's so interesting. Jesus comes on the scene, enters into this very uh, urgent preparation, and proclaims very little, actually. He does not specifically tell people, here's what I'm here to tell you. Not yet. What does he do? He goes to that dirty river, Jordan, and washes in the waters that hordes of dirty human beings have been wandering and washing and splashing in already. He bathes in the waters of humanity. And as he comes up from those waters and they are pouring off his body, our scripture tells us the heavens are torn apart. And the spirit descends upon him like a dove. And there's a voice, and it's not Jesus' voice. It is a voice from heaven that proclaims as he is washed in the dirty waters of humanity, you are my son, beloved to me. With you, I am well pleased. And Jesus comes out of that water and is immediately pushed into the desert place. By whom? By the Spirit. The Spirit that came upon him pushes him into the nowhere to run, nowhere to hide place, where he wanders for 40 days. In Mark's gospel, we do not have the lengthy conversation made available to us by the other writers of the gospels between Jesus and Satan. In Mark's gospel, he leaves it pretty open and simple. Jesus is in the desert for this long stretch of time, and there he is tempted by Satan and ministered to by angels. There's no description precisely of the temptations or very specifically of the ministration of the angels. What we do know is the next thing that happens is that Jesus goes out and says, repent 
for the realm of God has come near. This is good news, and I am proclaiming it. We're so used to the story that we think we know what it means, I think, or at least some of us do. Sometimes those of us that read a little too much and think a little too much and live a little too little. But engaging it for this season, I came to look on it with some fresh eyes. There are some who have written about this passage and said that this is basically Jesus embodying all that is to come for the rest of the gospel. Everything else after this is him saying over and over in as many ways as possible, can you get it? Can you learn it? Can you see it? Can you believe it? Can you live it? His life is the story. His life is the teaching. And everything he does from that point forward is to live the truth of it in all that he does. So that we might learn it and what? Live the truth of it in all that we do. So simple. It's really simple. Here it is in, what, a few verses. The whole of the teaching. You got it? Right. Simple, but not easy. <laughs> the heavens are torn open. The thing that separates humanity from God has been torn open with Jesus Christ. And the blessing that he proclaims is one wet with the waters of our humanity. What is happening here? Jesus is getting up and with humanity and saying, in and through me, God and humanness are connected. No longer separated, no longer distant, no longer estranged. I have come to reconcile, to bring together that which has been separated for far too long. I have come proclaiming the good news that is right here. Rejoice. The realm of God is at hand. At hand. It is immediately present. Here it is. And here's what it looks like, sounds like, and feels like. You are God's sons and daughters. You are beloved by God. And with you, God is well pleased. This is the proclamation of the good news that will heal the separation of our souls from their source, of our hearts from our truth. Why is it so hard to receive it? 
I don't know, but it is. It requires courage to hear these words for us and not practice the sin of distancing yet again. God comes near to us and we turn away. We must repent or turn back again. Jesus comes proclaiming words of hope and salvation. You who feel lost to the presence of God, you who believe you are judged unworthy of God, you who feel separate and alone and far, far from yourself, indeed, you who are so far away need only return to the truth of God already bestowed through the life and the presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit upon humanity, and that returning is possible right now. How? Very simple. We just learned the story. First, we are baptized in the waters of humanity. We don't run away from the dirty waters. We don't run away from the things inside of us that we need to be washed of. This is not because we are bad and damned and despicable. It is our humanness that we struggle and are frail at times and flounder. We miss the mark, every one of us. We are troubled at times. Yet we turn from this truth over and over and over again, believing something about it that is a lie. We believe about our frailness, that it damns us. And that is a lie. It is our frailness, our humanity, that connects us to one another. We are human beings together. How often we struggle feeling we don't belong, that we are alone, that we are uniquely flawed, that we are personally unable to achieve what we believe we should achieve just to be acceptable. We wash in the waters of humanity to look in one another's faces and confess, you too? I lie when I'm afraid, do you? I run away when I'm loved, do you? I don't know how to stay and be available for those that I most want to give to if it costs me more than I'm afraid I can handle, do you? And as we wash in the waters of the things that are true for us as human beings together, we rise from that baptism and we learn in that washing, we are not separate, we are not apart, we are not different, we are not worse than, we are not to be judged unworthy, we are simply to be washed in the truth of humanity and to speak it to each other so that the healing that is available to us can come. But it cannot come as long as we are turned away, so we must repent, we must turn to one another and to ourselves 
we must have the courage to return to the core of our humanity and stand together there. That is what we do. And the story says one more thing. Then we rise and allow the Spirit to baptize us. Baptized in the waters of our humanity, then we can stand and turn to the God we have run from because we have been ashamed of who we think we are and should be. And having washed in the truth and stood with one another and practiced the compassion and the mercy and the grace of truth speaking together, we no longer need to turn away from God. We can repent, we can turn again into the very good news that comes from Jesus Christ. Listen, he says, can you hear it? You are not judged. You are not far away. And you are not unworthy. No. Turn again to the good news. You are sons and daughters of God. You are beloved, and in you, God is well-pleased. This Lent, I'm inviting us all to have the courage to turn to our holy identity. And by holy, I mean the whole of it. To turn to the whole of our humanity and speak what is draining us and costing us and depleting us. Speak our humanity. It's okay. Let it be washed. Let it be washed. And let us turn also to our identity as beloved, claimed, and pleasing children of God so that the good news that God intends for our lives to be lived as a witness for the salvation of others might be made available to God. For those of you that might be afraid that I am just encouraging you to feel good, <laughs> I am. <laughs> because I know that that is a sacrifice for many of us in itself. So deep is the shame. So deep is our habit of self-sufficient judgment. So deep are the patterns of dismissal that we practice with ourselves. It is frightening at times to have that challenged. But I am not for me, but for the God who has spoken this good word through Jesus Christ for us all. We don't do God much good wandering around feeling ashamed of ourselves. We do God great good things by accepting God's grace and mercy and love and light so that we can encourage others to claim that for themselves. It is this that is the kingdom of heaven here near at hand, and this is what we are to bear. Practice returning to yourself. Sacrifice your self-judgment this season. Sacrifice your fear and anger and distance from God. Sacrifice those things 
let them go and move into the good news, this Lent. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. God really does love you. Thank you.